In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast, episode 394. That's right. We are talking about Far Sector issue number five. Um, no real preamble tonight. We're just going to jump right on into it. So I'm doing the recap here. So we got Far Sector. Oh, come on, unlock him. Come on, there we go. All right. So Far <laughs> Sector number five by uh, N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. Uh. And we have lettering by Deron Bennett, cover by Jamal Campbell, variant cover by Warren Liu, Lau, uh, associate editor Maggie Howell, editor Andy Corey, and DC's Young Animal, curated by Gerard Way. Uh, the main cover's cool. I mean, it gives us some uh, insight into um, kind of her background and everything. But the variant cover, man, have, did you, were you able to get the variant at all? No, don't forget, I haven't gotten now that we're in, now we're in lockdown, I won't be getting any physical comic. <laughs> uh, Nobody will. No, but uh, you've you've but you've seen the variant. Yes, 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 because you have it on the cover art for the for the episode. Yes, the, the, the variant to. the variant cover is superior to the regular cover. Yeah, I uh, I really like it. I had uh, um, the uh, shelter in place order went up in Austin uh, from the local city government um, and the mayor on last Tuesday. Um, and all, a lot of the, sh- the comic book shops in Austin actually get their stuff on Tuesday. They're just not legally allowed, I guess, for whatever reason, to put it out until Wednesday. Um, so that was supposed to go into effect like Tuesday at midnight, right? And um, and uh, so they, they could, the comic book store couldn't be open you know, starting on that Wednesday. So I just went and picked up everything and they, they put all their comics and stuff out early a day early so that they, everybody could go get their stuff. And I just ordered a whole lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, I was like, I told them I want this and this, and I said, I want the variant of, of uh, far sector. And they said they didn't have it or that they had sold out of it. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. So, uh, I went there preparing to just get the regular cover and it took them a little bit to find my pre-order when I went in. So I was walking the store a little bit in checking out a few things, and there was the last copy of the uh, of the variant cover just sitting on the shelf. I guess someone had put it back and got the regular, or just put the issue back altogether. So I got lucky and got the very last <laughs> Green Lantern Far Sector uh, <laughs> number five variant in all of Austin Books and Comics, which is a big feat because they do they order quite a few copies of every. Uh, issue of comics that they receive i mean we're talking 20 to 30 copies of every single issues so there's a i got i got pretty lucky 
But uh, yeah, I, I, I normally don't care about variants, but I, I had to go in for this one. Hashtag Chad got lucky. <laughs> 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 All right, so we open up uh, about a week after we left off, a week after the protest. Lantern Joe is out around, out and about in the park, uh, not social distancing, <laughs> and... <laughs> And uh, we're getting some information that the city council or the council will be uh, had issued a policy, uh, an apology, and then we'll hold a referendum on the uh, exploit. The, <coughs> excuse me, the emotion exploit. Uh, she goes to grab some food from a food vendor and pays for it. Uh, this person, this uh, alien species, looks like a hippie swamp thing. And Hippie Swamp Thing uh, tells her, hey, just try it. It's good. Uh, she asks for more, and she basically ends up with, uh, I don't know, they look like those five-gallon things of water that you can have. So she look, it looks like ten gallons of this soup. Um, which looks, which <laughs> looks totally disgusting, by the way. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, but evidently it's delicious. Uh, she's trying to find a pattern in all of this. Uh, it feels pretty cyclical in terms of uh, who pays for the um, the emotion exploit and uh, or, sw- or and switch off um, and how it's all cryptocurrency and things like that? She learns a bit about can has how basically AI, AI can work in sort of uh, data mines and uh, can has worked in for in one for fifty years. Uh, this is obviously a, a, a super intelligent and emotionally aware i guess ai because um yeah she said uh, uh nice to she says nice to do work that helps people there ought to be more to life than just getting by right and this is when we get flashbacks to lantern joe's life she is in new york city or i guess outside of new york city she's outside of manhattan or is that the bronx or something it could be uh, hold on i gotta get back to the at the top of the page where she's sitting on the roof looking over well, uh, she, at, at well, Manhattan. She's looking at the twin top. I mean, my natural instinct would have been under that. Maybe she's in Jersey, but I could be wrong. Based on No, hold on, hold on. She's in the north side. Look at all the trees. She's she's north of Central Park. So that would put her where? Mm-hmm. Queens? Where's Queens? Yeah, my 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 in my in my in head map of of the city is 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 poor since it's not like I go down there that often but uh but we'll we'll go, we'll 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 try to find it out yeah all right so yeah she's uh she's in New York uh, yeah I think no yeah that that would be the Bronx there she or or she's East Harlem maybe she might be in Harlem. Um, but she's probably in the Bronx based on looking at a map of the boroughs. Uh, sure. Her mother comes home one day and didn't get promoted. They're doubling the rent and they're not gonna be able to afford it. The next scene we see is her mother and father fighting, uh, her father stepping out of divorce court on September 11th when they look up and see the planes crash into the towers. Uh, they're helping out some people. She graduates high school. Uh, for graduation, they go and sit in a diner. The diner the proprietor says, you have to buy something or I'll call the police. And Lantern Joe says, we've been here for less than five minutes. She gets uh, Princeton acceptance as well as the Department of the Army. Uh, she obviously, this is obviously all taking place after September 11th. So she's in either Afghanistan, Iraq sort of area. 
Um, she sees all that kind of, you know, hell that happened over there. She goes to Princeton. She tries that. She goes to the police academy when she's in the after she graduates the academy. She sees her partner beat a guy. The night, uh, the day after, or the week after that happened, she gets fired. She's at a nightclub, uh, and a woman, a bald woman, approaching approaches her. Looks a lot like uh, Okoye. Yes, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, Okoye from Black Panther shows up. Uh, and basically, they're talking. Uh, this is all happening, you know, police brutality, Black Lives Matter, that that whole uh, stuff, and we don't need to get into it. But you know, at this point, that uh, everybody knows what we say when we say those things. Uh, and basically, this person is here to offer a job, and they just get smaller and bluer as the conversation goes on. So this is clearly a guardian who has a job offer for her. We cut back to the present day. She goes to the funeral uh, or the wake or the ceremony of whatever of the guy who passed away last issue who, who was shot. Uh, she figures, uh, I guess that, that was his yes. wife, right? Yeah. His wife says, you know, they won't really go through the referendum or if they do, they'll ignore the result. They told you they would ignore it just like they've done before for centuries. Um, we're not giving up this time. In the council chamber, you talked about something we haven't seen in this city since before the emotion exploit. You talked about martyrs, but martyrs are a tool for either side in a conflict. So consider again why the council might have brought you here and be careful as she walks away. Lantern Joe uh, hails a cab. Everett Thorne gives her a call. Council member Everett Thorne, uh, Thorpe uh, Thorne, yeah, calls her. And talks to her, uh, essentially saying he looked into the background of the second murder victim, the first murder culprit, uh, Meal Thorne. He noticed something peculiar. She was a vegetarian. But to be a vegetarian, their species, the uh, and get the nutrients and stuff that they need, it's a very expensive process. She was in debt before she um, before she. Uh, Five five weeks ago, she paid off the debt, then vanished. Uh, and the autopsy shows she began to take switch off during this time. The speculation is with her self-control slipping, she isolated herself, then broke and went hunting. And then he says, I must go, but I mean to find out what happened to Emil Thorne, Lantern, even if it kills me. And Lantern's la Lantern Joe's last uh, narrative bubble says, really wish you hadn't added that last bit, Counselor. And that's uh, the end of the issue. So, uh, first question I have for you is this, uh, this was a, a lot more political issue. Uh -huh. How do you, how do you feel about that? It's walking, it's walks that fine line. I mean, it's, if it's. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't overt, but it, I mean, it was. Some of it, some, some of it kind of was. I mean, I, I, let's put it this way. In a, va in a vacuum, I don't mind it. I think now, and I'm not saying. Every little thing in the story couldn't have happened to somebody. I'm just saying that when they were talking about her mother and the job, in the in the world that we live in, as a general rule, I kind of that's that's not something that I I would think happens very 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 often. Considering her mother was like the only black person at their job, or the only black the only, the only one basically wasn't a white male, I think. And uh, they oh they couldn't they couldn't promote me because the other guy said it was basically he was going to say it was you know it was just it was like we. The, the magic term, like reverse discrimination, no, it's just discrimination. Uh, that in, in our politically correct world, I just don't see that being very, very happening that often. But I'm not going to say it didn't. Maybe it's happening. Maybe this is a real life thing 
that you know the Jemison you know is, is writing from. So I'm not going to come out and say it never happens because everything happened somewhere. That was the hardest thing for me to swallow yeah. in all of it. In all honesty, the other stuff, the other stuff, there's bits and pieces, and and again, it, it's okay. It, like we talked about last issue, it started it started building towards it last issue. Obviously, this issue ramped it up a lot. If it continues to ramp it up, then I'm gonna have an then I'll have a big issue with it. I don't think it was I don't think it was a huge deal. I think it was it does paint. I mean, yes, you can make a case that it's a lot of the stuff that they were giving her in her background is stereotypical on some level as as far as different things, the police brutality and different, you know, so you could make a case if you wanted to that it's like a checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. Um, I do like, I something that wasn't a checkbox, I do like the fact that obviously she was more, she was closer to her father than her mother. The way that was kind of like, the way that was mm-hmm. set up, I like that because that is, that is, that is not your norm if you're talking about stereo, if you're talking about your stereotypes and the way things are when it comes to parents and their kids and divorce, it's almost, I mean, not, that they've, rightly or wrongly, the, you know, the father's usually portrayed in a more negative light, and the mother's always portrayed in, in a good light. That may very well be true for a majority of the, the occasions, but it's not a blanket statement. Sometimes the father is the better parent, and the legal system, when it comes to divorce, always favors the mother. But the reality is, I did like that subtle, the subtle way they did that. I thought that that was a little upsetting the apple cart. So that. So that it, it made it a little easier to swallow for me some of the other stuff. If if she had been walking out with her mom, then it would have been okay. That's another checkbox or something that, you know. I don't. It did give it did give some depth. Even some of the conversation with the you know with the eventual reveal of the guardian was kind of you know was kind of heavy handed at least knocking on the door of that. Let's see how it goes. Uh, like I said, this was more what. This was more what I expected to get earlier in the book, based on things that we heard. Uh, so I, I'm being open-minded on it. It didn't, it didn't turn, it didn't turn, it didn't turn me off. You know, it's not like I, I said, okay, I'm done reading this thing, or as much as I could be done reading anything we have to review. But the reality, no, I didn't. I like her. Okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah, no, sorry, I didn't I've mean to interrupt. Rambling. I thought you were done. No, Go I've ahead, been, keep I've going. Been, keep, I've been keep rambling. Going. So go ahead. I'll come back to it. Okay. Uh, one thing: Have we heard anything about Lantern Joe's ethnic background? Like, I, obviously she's a black woman, but like, is she like part Arab or anything? Because I just by throwing in the nine eleven thing, and then you know you 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 have the panel where she graduates high school, but then the very next panel she's out and about, and someone's like, you know, you need to buy something or I'll call the police. It's not saying. I mean, that's definitely something that happens in a racist environment, regardless of what the actual contributing factor to said racism is. So I don't doubt that that's an experience that you know African Americans have in our society, just in general, in certain places in the country. But because of its proximity to nine eleven, I was wondering if maybe she she's part arab or her family looks arab or anything like that because i didn't take i, I mean didn't take that yeah okay. I, I assume i assume okay. if you that if her father's not black i would assume he's hispanic uh especially okay. uh it's interesting that obviously she has two sisters um uh, mm-hmm. yeah i that's the way i that's the way i took it i did not I mean, she could be mixed, but I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I did not get the. I did not get the Simon Baz vibe off of her. 
in in this. So, but yeah. I could be wrong. And maybe that's what maybe that's what I was thinking about. Um, but my other question is, what do you think about the parallels to Kyle Rayner? Uh oh, you mean with the, with the Guardian, the the origin story? Yeah, Guardian I mean, shows up. I mean, yeah, obviously. The, Guardian shows up in the in, in after yeah. a nightclub and just is like, "Hey, here's yeah, the ring." Yeah, there is obviously, obviously she's getting she's getting recruited the proper way, <laughs> as opposed to Kyle's real origin, which is here. You'll do. <laughs> You'll have to do. Take it. <laughs> which yes, they gave a reason for that, and of course <laughs> they kind of stupidly retcon that whether you buy it or not in the with with the new 50, in the new fifty two. But the reality is, yeah. Kyle was literally in the right place at the right time, and Ganthet had no other choice. So it's like, hey, I, I guess I could do worse. Take it. <laughs> but Kyle got Kyle got the better ring, <laughs> as far as we know. Every reason to believe that because Kyle's ring was the most perfect ring, the, the most perfect creation of the Guardians, other than the fact that it didn't have protect you from mortal harm. Conveniently enough, we still don't. We, it's interesting. We're getting more of her origin, but we still don't have the whys of how her ring works the way no, it the does. the most intriguing, the most interesting thing in this entire book was the fact that when she was the fact when she said, "I'm gonna, I have to learn how to fly in space because because taking cabs takes too long." So she does. So what we so what mm-hmm. we know is she doesn't even know how to use the ring to you know it's basically for a, for interplanetary travel. <laughs> So that was that. Yeah, she knows how to fly, but yes. not, not how to protect herself in like a shield. Well, not yeah. even not even that. Which just was, just which... the fact that just the fact that we know that you know she she's not going to be like she's not like typical Green Lanterns where if you're going from point A to point B you're gonna you're just gonna use the ring and get yourself there and that's not in, as a as a straight up you know yeah you're right as a straight up not you don't if you want if you want to be Hal and create a ship because you can but the reality is if you just want to fly from point A to point B without making constructs or anything yeah you'll just do it but obviously she can't or she doesn't she doesn't know how yet which is quite which is and I like the way that I like the way that was introduced because it would be real easy to gloss over that in the course of the story. Not that there was that much meat in this issue, in all honesty, as far other than her background, there wasn't a whole lot of meat in this issue. Uh, just as it it sets up a lot, but as you know, what actually we get in this. But that was real. But the way that was delivered, I like. But that that was again. That's something else. We know. We already. It's already been set in motion, and from like the last issue, that her ring works differently, and we we just don't know the full extent of how it works and how it doesn't work compared to other rings entirely. But that's another hint that either the first, for whatever reason, whether it's a limitation of the ring, or it's a limitation of her knowledge of the ring and and, and, her, and her mastery of it, that yeah, she just can't fly through space. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny you mentioned that because it's actually a big part, not a not a big part, but a, a significant uh, plot point temporarily in that Green Lantern Heroes Quest novel that I talk about all the time. Um, you know, Kyle gets the ring after a night in the nightclub, and like after he finally gets the ring, he has to recharge. Once he finally recharges, you know, he figure out what the hell's going on. It's he's told essentially go to Oa. And in order to, like, he's never flown in space before, he's not had any training, so he's like, oh, okay, well, how do I do this? So he figures out how to put a bubble around himself, but then he has to figure out how to put a bubble around himself that's big enough to contain enough oxygen to sustain him on the travel from Earth to Oa. 
so he's trying to like do all this stuff right and then he ends up using some cash that he has to go buy a bunch of oxygen tanks at a scuba store and you know puts this big bubble around him and then flies to oa right well what happens during his training on oa with ganthet is uh one of the things that ganthet does is in in training and in, in helping uh kyle become a lantern as quickly as possible because i don't you know i hope we actually talk about that and i'd like to talk about it this year but i hope we actually talk about that at some point that that, that book so i don't want to spoil it too much but one of the things that ganthet does and and kyle calls him gandy actually in the book gandy uh and one of the things that gandy does is he helps to make a physiological change in uh in kyle rayner so that Essentially, you know, like he explains the breathing process, your body inhales a combination of hydrogen and oxygen and explodes, you know, and then exhale. Yeah, inhales oxygen, exhales carbon dioxide. Right. So basically he does some sort of physiological change so that Kyle's body is capable of converting CO2 to oxygen. So that he doesn't have to worry about keeping a big bubble of air or anything around him because, you know, all he has to do is protect himself with his shield and he, whatever he breathes out, he'll be able to breathe back in and his body's capable of reconverting that to oxygen. So that's always, ever since I've read that book and then of course listened to the audiobook a billion times, I've always been curious about the actual in story in the in in comic continuity way that lanterns are able to breathe in space because you, you see them have this little this little energy bubble around them or energy field or whatever. So that's obviously protecting them from the vacuum and the cold of space and everything. But is that also holding in oxygen or does the ring generate oxygen or does the ring pull in matter from the surrounding space and create oxygen? Like how does it work really? So interesting that she's able to fly, but not fly in space. True. And it's again, maybe, Maybe we'll find out more that has to do with the limitation. Maybe a drain. Maybe the issue is it drains too much power from a ring. Maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe that's just, why she had. Maybe that's why who whoever gave her the ring didn't you know had basically didn't bother showing her how or telling her that she re- kind of like recommended she not do it because of the fact that so if, she, if she doesn't have a power battery, if she really doesn't have a power battery and the ring is self charge you know self replenishing. But it takes a long time to do, then that's a good way to basically run out of get, run out of juice. Potentially, you'll be almost out before you you, you ever get to point from point A to point B. Uh, Which then then we circle back to why she keeps using her ring for fashion related stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you that's know. true. Uh, but another big thing that happens in this issue, and I I gotta flip to the page. You get when uh, Ken has tells her that it's fifty years. It's shown up in this ang- alien language, and the narrative box says the ring overwrites languages for me if I want, uh, like oh dubbing. I prefer the translator the city gave me, which slaps neural subtitles on things. Can't learn it if I never hear it. Some things take a second, though. That translator is the same kind of tech as the emotion exploit, biocybernetic virus code written into my DNA. So she. Her ring is capable of translating, but she, in preparation and 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 then the job she's doing here, has also taken in some own her some of her own uh, so, some outside the ring 
alien tech within herself, including a translator. And she's doing it specifically so she can learn the language there, too. So that's interesting. Yeah, that was that. That was interesting. I'm not going to lie. Some of the some of the I thought it was a little not necessarily didn't wasn't drifting into Morrison level, but there were some some of the word bubbles, some of the dialogue, the thought bubbles were a little I thought they were a little wordy in this issue. I thought I thought it was a it was some at times when I first look when I first read it, I obviously, you know, they're, they're sort of off in different colors, but just based on, like, when they first show up, and in diff- sometimes it's just was difficult for me to understand exactly where I was coming from, or who was saying what, or thinking what, or the context of why, uh, so, especially when they got, yeah, when they kind of were rambling on with a lot of, a lot of the detail like that, but it did make me think, too, it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of an interesting approach to translation. Hmm. Sure. How did you feel about Canhas and all the stuff that was revealed about her? I thought I thought that was interesting. I thought it was. I mean, I, it's hard to have a lot of a huge emotional investment, you know, in the character. Right? I I think you're obviously supposed to feel bad for her, even though their the way of looking at time and you know, it's it's and their emo, quote unquote. Emo, they don't. They don't react to it like emotionally the way you know the may the way we would, or be maybe as bitter about things. Though she does seem to love her cat memes, so I think that's that. That's <laughs> that, 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 that. That's that's something. Um, I I just I think a lot of for me a lot of what was going on between the two of them was obviously just tying back you know just setting the stage for all Joe's background stuff. Um, so. Just as another to use that universal kind of like that universal story that everybody de- everybody deals with and or you know things don't change basically like uh, the, because we've kind of got hints of that of Joe picking up on different elements before that she, from her own experiences even without knowing what those experiences were but recognizing this you know this you know basically, basically this is like this almost like archetypes this is this kind of archetype and this is what people like this do and this is what you know they treat people like this in this archetype a different way and so i think it just kind of like re- i think it kind of reinforces that but that was right before they changed her hair too that was right before they now hmm. La- La- lantern monet apparently is gone for now i'm not sure how i feel about the straight hair <laughs> <laughs> um the art continues to do a great job, very consistent. I really like the colors chosen in this. Obviously, Jamal Campbell gets to have some fun, especially in the park scene with the uh, hippie swamp thing and you know, things like that. Uh, lots of citywide shots when you're looking out the window. We get some shots of New York and you know things like that, Afghanistan, Princeton, uh, a nightclub. I mean, there's just a lot of cool stuff happening in here. Very well done. Um, I that. It all just continues to amaze me in terms of artistically speaking. I just think it's very consistent, very well done, very well colored, uh, especially when you get to scenes like, you know, Lantern Joe is in her uh, construct hat and cape and it's nighttime, but there's the surrounding light of either the buildings or the city or the cab that she's in or the twilight and the way things glow. And that all looks very cool. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that's really well done. So I'm really you know, in between the regular art inside and the variant art on this one, the the art did a pretty fantastic job. 
no, the art continues to be a highlight. Uh, I think the one thing that we can consistently say about the two Green Lantern books that we have right now is that the art is always good. <laughs> different, completely different <laughs> styles, but good. Uh, I also posted over on Twitter with uh, what people have been thinking about Far Sector. We only got one reply, but it was a, a three-tweet worth reply from Jesse Stewart, who said he's surprised at how much I'm enjoying this book. Uh, Joe is an interesting character. Writing is very good, and the art is fabulous. But doesn't make much sense why Joe was given a ring with finite charge and no battery. Seems like an unnecessary limitation. I'm like... Uh, I'm liking the world and the culture Jemson has built. Joe being on her own, sort of an old West Marshall, is cool. Regarding issue five, enjoyed seeing some of Joe's life on Earth, even if it was a bit cliche, broken home, racial injustice, horrors of war, etc. The Guardian picking up Joe in the nightclub to recruit her uh, had shades of Kyle's recruitment. All in all, I'm enjoying Far Sector just as much as the main book. Just as much as the <laughs> What? Jesse, you ignorant slut. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're off the hook this time, Chad. <laughs> I, I, was, I was waiting. As soon as you read that, I was waiting for you to react to it. It was like, oh, is he going to take the bait? Yes, he, yes, he didn't disappoint. Uh, it's... Let me just take a sip of this whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's... They're, the books are so entirely different. It's really, it's real. I mean, it's. I don't know if you can really call this book like minimalistic, but compared to what's going on in Morrison's book, it probably is. Uh, certainly, this is much more. This is much more character driven. There's no doubt about that. I mean, th- this. Your enjoyment of this book completely rises and falls on whether you whether you like Joe and you like the way she's being portrayed in this book, whether you like Hal or not, <laughs> the Morrison book is still a tough one. <laughs> and that's not saying he hasn't done some, he, he actually has, I mean, he has written Hal fairly well in, in many instances, better than m- many people would have suspected that he would have, you know, you, many people was, was always going to write Hal, but he's going to make, you know, he's going to really be dumping on Hal the entire time because he's not a Hal guy. But he really, he's done some good character pieces with Hal so far. But, yeah, this is rises and falls on on, on Joe. If this, was, if this was a Simon Bass story, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> oh, we'd be in big time trouble. Um, but... So this is still a 12-issue series, barring any change. Uh, so we're only knocking on the door halfway through. It's I I am less than I am not as enthralled with this with with the world this this society that's been created. Just because I got to be honest with you, it's kind of hard for me to keep the, keep these different groups straight at times because because of this group and that the three main groups here and who's who's the one that's eating everybody and who's the one who's high on emotions even though they're not supposed i'm exaggerating slightly but the point but i'm more interested in where this is going i'm more interested in her story and i clearly i've i've said this before i'm more interested in what the hell the deal is with with her ring why she only supposedly has it for what like a year right she had like a year to make a difference with the ring 
so I'm I'm interested with with all that. Hopefully, now that we finally got that Guardian introduction, we're gonna get a little more. We're gonna get a little more to that. But if you actually look at some of the stuff that's been going on, like like this issue itself, that didn't really move the main story forward all that much. This was more. This was just this. This yeah. was definitely designed to to. I'm not gonna say filler because it, it filler denotes that it, it's like potentially throwaway stuff you don't care about. It's, it's it's killing time. This was gave us some important background material on her that probably was some of it may have been a tad overdue. But if you're looking at it actually, but it was a but to balance the equation out here, if if we're gonna continue the contrast with the Morrison book, it was a real na- weird names aside of characters. It was a relatively easy story to understand what was happening in it. And it was a weird ass, to me it was a weird ass cliffhanger though. That's kind of a really weird place to end the issue, I thought, because because it's not like anything. Well, it wasn't much of a cliffhanger. That's what I mean. It's like it seemed like it should. It seems like the, being set up like that, you would think there would have been something really dramatic that was happening in that in that last panel for Joe, and, and it just so it just seemed kind of. I mean, cliffhanger just in that like leaving you hanging. Or leaving it, it's like up in the air, kind of like high and dry. Not because it's like some high stakes, something really high stakes, not your typical serial cliffhanger or anything like that. It's just that it just seemed like a weird, seemed like a really weird kind of, yeah, a really weird place to leave to leave the issue. Um, but I guess if you read it, if you look at it as a as a as a book, then I mean. Especially with that last line that she says, and I guess I would not. If you look at it from that perspective, then that's not that really wouldn't be a bad way to end the chapter. So I guess if you, it works on that level. For sure. All right. Do we have anything else to say about this one? No. Let's just keep hoping the digitals come out, or else we're gonna really be pressed hard for material. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's 80 years of Green Lantern. We can go backwards. <laughs> going backwards might be going forwards, depending on what's perspective. <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be time to do every single issue of the Kyle Rayner run that hasn't been done yet. <laughs> this is the Kyle cast. Let's do Guy Gardner Warrior. If you have the issues, I don't. Ha- I don't have that many issues. I have very select. Very select issues. Actually, I think I'm almost done with the collection. Like I. I definitely have the physical issue. I mean, I definitely have the digital issues, but I think I actually have almost all the physical issues too. Let me pull up CLZ here. But if we're gonna do, if we're gonna delve into Guy Gardner, let's do like Emerald Fallout first, because at least that was kind of a cool storyline. And we've already done Emerald Twilight, so Emerald Fallout would be kind of appropriate. <laughs> bridges that gap, bridge, bridges that gap nicely between Emerald Twilight and Zero Hour. I do have most of those issues, if not all of them. I got those in the back issue bin. Yeah, I'm 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 only missing twelve issues. I've got I've got uh, I'm missing thirteen, twenty three, twenty five, then thirty three, thirty five, and then basically thirty seven through forty four. I think I have a lot. Of, I do think I have a lot of the books. When it actually became God Gardener Warrior, I think I actually do have a lot of the books. Uh, I have. Now, I'm not going to say I have it. I have almost the whole set, but I do have a bunch of issues going forward. It's it's the first part of that book when he was just bowl, still bowl cut Guy Gardner with Sinestro's ring. That's the that's the part of the, that run that I don't have. 
I have some issues, but I don't have many issues. But I know, yeah, I started because I started going back. I wanted to get Emerald Fallout. I got the obviously I got the zero hour yeah. tie in, which, which which actually was a really good issue. I definitely have uh, all the issues from zero to twenty two except number thirteen, and then I'm missing a lot of the other stuff towards the end of the series. I'd have to go back and look so. at the covers. I think that, that would probably give me an idea of how of how many I'm actually missing. But I do have, like I said, I do have most of the. I think from pretty much, I think from like zero hour at least going forward, I think I do probably have most of because I said because I I really I mean I knew of Guy Gardner a little bit, from, but Guy Gardner didn't do much for me until basically he was the guy. You know, it was it was the warrior persona basically. How we meet him in, uh, essentially in the Kyle. Yeah, Warrior, Warrior didn't start until issue seventeen. Right, and the, and the so. Kyle Rayner run and things like that. That's when I started liking or getting to know Guy Gardner really. But so yeah. I, was that was that part of Emerald Fallout? Warrior, I mean number seventeen. Yeah. Uh, just says force first scorching issue. Uh, characters fire green lantern wonder woman ice nope let's see what issue let's so, let's see what let's see what issues there are i'm trying to find it now um emerald fallout one of four so that would be 18 yeah it was a four issue arc 19, yep. 20 and yeah 21 because 21 has the cool cover of him going up against parallax yes because this was uh Emerald Fallout's claim claim to fame being the uh, first appearance of Parallax with Cape. Yeah, so uh, Guy Gardner Warrior number twenty four has a zero hour banner, and then of course um, that was the yellow the, the yellow cover, right? Yeah, and then issue number zero has the zero hour logo across the top of it. Gee, I'm trying to remember what the zero issue was about. Uh, let's see here. It's got Dementor, Warrior, and Bronk. Uh, this thing doesn't tell you... CLZ doesn't give you a synopsis. It just tells you some details about who the creator is, what the featured characters are, stuff like that. I am looking... I'm look, yeah, I'm looking at the cover now. I don't... I don't I'm, I'm pretty sure I do not have that. I definitely have the Zero... Because that's because he fights uh, Extant. I believe it, mm. that issue, um, but yeah, I, that's that's something we really haven't seriously ever talked about doing Guy Gardner doing, but yeah, that's that is certainly something we could we could pivot into very easily, mix mix bring arc, arc by arc probably not doing the whole, but we definitely could do arc by arc. But Emerald Fallout, yeah. So you, so so you'd want to start with Emerald Fallout, not start with Year One. Eh, I'm not saying we couldn't start with Year One. I'm just saying if we want. If we were just if we were doing just a, just a, just like a single arc, um, just because it, because it, in a way we wouldn't have to. I just was looking at it from the perspective that we wouldn't have to. It wouldn't necessarily take a whole lot of background given for people. Oh. Um, I'm, Never mind. Year one was number eleven through number fifteen. I'm trying to I'm trying to look at the covers to see how many how many of these that I have because the reality is I mean I I don't know if I have all these covers. I have, I know I have I absolutely know I have twenty and twenty one. Dude, you got to get the CLZ Comics app. I'm telling you, it's such a great way to keep track of all this stuff. 
But I don't think I have 19 because that cover's weird. And I don't know if I'm... It's possible I have 18. Um, yeah, I got everything from basically 0 through 22 except for number 13. And then I'm missing some odd ones here and there towards the end of the series. So, And that's when I probably... That's when I probably have more of them. Yeah, that cover for 24 is awesome. And then I have Guy Gardner Reborn 1 through 3, which I don't think we've ever talked about Reborn on the show. Because Reborn was before the miniseries, right? Because that was 92. I think that is correct. And, and yeah, the... Yeah, Guy Gardner issue 1 was October of 92, so that would put Reborn... It just says 92. It doesn't tell me what month. Yeah, I think... But I, th- I would assume... I think I was pretty selective were- in... Sorry. I think I was pretty selective in what I was buying with Guy Gardner Warrior. I'm looking I'm looking at, I'm looking at these covers. Obviously, the ones... Um, the ones with, with major... With major force. That would make sense. Uh, I don't... The, the one with you know Guy Gardner... But the the, the bowl cut guy Gardner's returns that yeah, I have that one falling down thirty five I have yeah I I I have a I have a few a few of these but I don't have as I don't have as many as yeah anything anything that anything that was Green Lantern somewhat Green Lantern related I think I had but I was I was definitely not getting this entire series this entire series pulled. <laughs> I almost have in a complete run of your Spectre series, but I'm missing. Uh, I'm, I'm missing some. So I am missing. So I've got one through twenty-seven. That's the entire series. I'm just missing issue eighteen. I don't know why I don't have issue eighteen. I've never been able to find it. Try remember is that. Is it, we're not up to. I don't think we're up to eighteen yet. Or, or, uh, it's the one of the Spectre standing rebirth. in a stairwell. Rebirth. Yeah, rebirth. Yeah. How appropriate. I don't have that one. How appropriate. Um. I've I've never I've never been able to find that one. I've got every other issue of the Hal Jordan as the Spectre series. I do not have issue eighteen. I don't know why. Yeah, that is that is. That is interesting. It's such a random one to not be able to find. It's not like a super important issue or anything. No, you are you are correct. I mean, I don't have I don't have all those issues in front of me right now to because I I have all these written down like what what arc how many issues are in each arc because I think when so when Jim and I were when we were plotting, um, I think actually we're up. We should be up to, or we will be up to. Somewhere like in the fifteen sixteen range, um, because that's that's the that's the, uh, the specter and the specter in space um, hmm. arc. So that's that's where we, that's kind of where that's kind of where we left off. So, but yeah, um, what was that volume? Which vo- which volume was that of the specter? Was that three or four? Yeah, volume four. four. According to CLC, it is four. It's volume yeah, four. volume th- volume three. We're still um, Corrigan. Uh, all right, so let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm just just looking ahead. Uh, what was what was what was fifteen? 
I have another issue of the Spectre. I think it was from a series before, and I don't know why. Let me pull that issue up. The Spectre, Volume 3, Issue Number 47. What do I have? Oh, that's the final night tie-in. That's why I have that. Okay. That makes sense. Actually, I think... And I'm strangers in that one. Yeah, I think that the issue you're missing, I believe... Yeah, it's 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 the issue that'll be right after the arc the arc that Jim and I are working on now. We did part one of the Spectre and Space arc in sixteen and seventeen, finish it off. So eighteen is the oh you you know which issue I think eighteen is. I think it's, I, I want to see if it gives me the synopsis here. Um, it's got Abin Sur in it, Mon- Monsignor Stigmanus, yes. and Helen Jordan. Materna Minx is also in it. I'm just trying to figure out if that's the one that takes Abin Sur out of the series. Based on the title, I'm going to... F- yeah. Abin Sur is listed as a character yes, in it. he's in so. it. He, oh, he's definitely in it. But if it's the issue I think it is, and based on the fact that uh, issue 19 has Dark Side in it, I would say issue 18 it has to be that issue. That issue 18 has... D- it ends in a really weird way with Abin Sur, and that's and it ties into the title of the issue of, on, on that cover of Rebirth. So that actually, so it's actually an interesting issue in the series to have if you find it because it because it it changes the status quo. Abin Sur is no longer like Hal's you know partner in crime there or the conscience on his shoulder. Uh, so yeah, but that's. That'll be a that'll be a in, that'll be a really interesting issue when we when we get to do that because I I, I can almost imagine that I can almost imagine Jim's comments about it I'm sure <laughs> but nonetheless um so yeah so we you're right we we will we will muddle through and find material and there's there's enough material for us to to get through if we have no if we have no new if we have no new comics to talk about for a few months so um just and let me turn the volume down on my phone okay good it's down uh tom Wynn, who i interviewed a while back he was an anchor on green lantern um back in the day uh good good friend uh gabriel el taib el taib uh e-l-t-a-e-b had a um, had a, um, a a YouTube live session the other day. Uh, actually, when did this post? Oh, today. Uh, and uh, the title of this is, if you want to look him up by the name Gabriel Eltaeb E L T A E B. Look up his YouTube channel. Uh, he said the title of the video of this stream was called Green Lantern Colors Live. So he's a colorist, right? Uh, in this video, he is doing colors for one of the pages uh, from the uh, anniversary issue uh, as he's talking to the people watching the show. And it looks like uh, it is a page with featuring Guy Gardner. Uh, and let's see here. Oh, come on. Let me mute this thing so again. Uh, it looks like he's in Warriors, actually, because he's got a drink in his hand uh, at a bar, and he you can see the central power battery, and there are he's surrounded by tons of other lanterns. So 
Uh, obviously, the Green Lantern anniversary, 80th anniversary issue is going to be a big issue, whether that's only digital or print or whatever with all this COVID-19 stuff. We'll see. But um, you can... Be rest, you can rest assured there is a Guy Gardner story in there somewhere, and it involves warriors. That's that's cool. It'll be it will yeah. be interesting to see what material is actually in that. I am, Have I you am, read any of the 80th anniversary stuff, like the the Robin one or any the like the Joker, or any of that stuff? No, no. I read the Robin one just because I wanted a couple of Tim Drake stories. It's not bad. I mean, you try. I mean, I think you try to have a good balance when designing those. I think you try to have uh, a, you want to have a good balance because you don't. Want, you certainly wouldn't want it to be like all reprinted stuff because that's that gets old. Things like that get <clears throat> things like that get really old after a while. No matter how many fancy covers you throw on something, after a while it's, it's like, oh, here's ten bucks for stories that you probably already own with a different cover. Yeah, the Robin one was cool. It had uh, some Dick Grayson stuff, like a story of Dick Grayson as Robin, a story of Dick Grayson as Nightwing. It had Jason Todd. It had Tim Drake. Uh, and I believe I believe the Jason Todd, it had Robin Jason Todd, Red Hood Jason Todd, uh, Tim Drake, you know, just regular Robin, and then Red Robin. We definitely had Damian Wayne. There was a Stephanie Brown, and there was a Carrie Kelly, too, I believe. Actually, I don't... Was there a Carrie Kelly? I think that might have been the one that was missing. But yeah, there, there was a there was a lot of cool stories in there. I, I picked it up uh, digitally primarily just so I could read some more Tim Drake stuff, because uh, that's my favorite Robin. But... Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's hundred... It's a hundred page Super Spectacular, so... Lots of good stuff in there. That's Jason good. Todd, Stephanie Brown, Tim Drake, Damian Wayne. I don't think there's Dick Grayson. I don't think there was a because there's a there's a two page splash on the back with art by Andy Kubert and Brad Anderson, and it's got uh, Tim, Dick, Jason, Damian, and Stephanie. There's a pinup of Carrie Kelly by Frank Miller. But there's not an actual story, I don't think, of Carrie in this in this thing. I wonder if they're allowed to. Are they allowed to tell Carrie Carley stories? As does Frank Miller own some sort of weird rights to the characters he creates in the world that he creates them in? I don't think that's true, but I'm not going to pretend that I would <laughs> know for sure. <laughs> I would I would think they'd be able to do stories with they'd be able to do a story with those characters. Um. But yeah, the Stephanie Brown one is a very like animated sort of style, uh, very exaggerated features and curves and faces and things like that. Um, but yeah, otherwise this is all this is all pretty good. You should definitely pick up the Robin one if you're interested in Robin. Um, so yeah, it gives me it gives me hopes for the for the Green Lantern one. And it's not like I read Robin stuff regularly, so I'm not. Sh I can't be 100% sure of this, but I'm pretty sure none of this is reprinted material. Well, that would be even better if that's the case, because yeah, I think most people would, especially for the price. I think most people are going to want new material, and maybe you know, maybe one, depending how many stories you have. If you had like 
feel like eight stories just throwing out a number. You, I don't think you'd want more than two to be like things we've seen before. Uh, and ideally, even those probably would be like you know s- smaller stories. You don't want you don't want a novel size story, which is like oh, we know where they reprinted that from. <laughs> For sure. All right. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? Uh, I just briefly because we talked we did talk about this like either last week or the the last time we recorded that the irony of that spider that Sony obviously pushing more of their releases back though your movie is still not being pushed back <laughs> but your movie's Which not until October uh Venom oh Venom too um, yeah uh but at some point you never know but I think Ven- I, Venom will probably be okay but Morbius being pushed back Ghostbusters pushed back both to next year and the strong possibility that spider that because Spider-Man, I guess, was supposedly starts uh, the filming was supposed to start over the summer, which is kind of which is odd because it is early for them. But that's not set in stone yet either. If it gets even if it gets delayed a little bit, it's not set in stone whether that's going to actually affect the release date though, unless it's a whole that whole more that whole MCU chain reaction of things being changed and how things are tied together. That that might affect when movies are released, and maybe maybe Spider-Man will end up getting pushed to 2022. It's interesting they have Ghostbusters and Morbius like supposed to be like released within like two weeks of each other in March of next year. Which so the odds are that's not going to happen. The odds are one of these other movies is going to one of them will be pushed back because I don't because you're playing you're basically going after the same audience. So it's kind of weird that you would only give one movie like a like basically two weeks to do whatever it's going to do. Even though I think I wanted to say I thought Ghostbusters came out first, and if they, then it might not be so bad because you kind of probably figure Ghostbusters is going to have the bigger have the bigger audience. So having two weeks to get everything to get the main crowd to go see that movie, assuming things are quote unquote back to normal by then, that maybe that won't be so bad. And then having Morbius come out with lower expectations and lower box office projections under any circumstance. But I thought it was interesting that that they were, that they were ta- that since we had just talked about that the idea that then Sony bumps more of their movies and Spider-Man may end up being delayed. We had t- we had talked about the you know, Black Adam potentially the start of that movie being delayed, which at this stage of the game everything's everything's being delayed in, in some way, shape, or form. Even movies that were finished like <laughs> Black Widow. So that that that's pretty much it. There isn't that you know it's it's really weird how it's kind of. It's uh, literally you no know, p- pushing the other Tom Han- Tom Holland movie. We're in uncharted territory because of the fact that it's so weird not having any movie news at all, really. Very little, and even less box office. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a strange it's a strange world um, at many levels that we live in currently. So we'll have to see how this all pans out. But obviously, 2020 for overall from a from a box office perspective is going to be a freaking disaster. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and also, just wanted to make a, a quick announcement because Mark gave me the the permission to post something in the feed this week. No, uh, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> after after the uh, release of the latest uh, greatest toy podcast episode, we let that run for a little bit, and uh, I also released a new trailer for the Action Comics Weekly podcast. That is coming back. Um, the Creative Credit podcast is also coming back, just because there's so many people who are staying at home and things like that. But um, 
uh, that one just by default shows up in the Lantern Cast feed. Uh, it's got its own feed that if you want to just subscribe to it, you can. But it also the regular episodes post actually in the Lantern Cast feed. Action Comics Weekly is in its it's its, its own thing. It doesn't post in the Lantern Cast feed, so that's the only reason I'm uh, mentioning it here. Uh, the uh, trailer is in the feed, so if you subscribe to the show on pod on like uh, Apple Podcasts or listen to it uh, online elsewhere, you should see it as the most quote unquote most recent episode of the show after this episode here. Uh, it's only a two minute thing, uh, so it's not technically an episode, but uh, it's just a quick, quick little trailer about uh, the return of the Action Comics Weekly podcast. Mark will be a part of that. We're talking. Some Green Lantern stuff in the Action Comics Weekly series. Uh, before the issue, the the uh, series, um, the podcast sort of disappeared for a while. We got through issues six hundred one, six hundred two, six hundred three, and six hundred four and six hundred five. Uh, so now, uh, when the show picks back up, we'll be getting into issue number six hundred six and on. Uh, I'll have some different guests on for the various segments and, uh, you can go back, listen to the old episodes if you want. When you find the action comics weekly podcast and the other places you can find, uh, podcasts out there, but, uh, be prepared. Those, those episodes are pretty long, uh, two and a half, three hours, three and a half hours. Uh, just because I have different guests on for each segment to talk about each character. So it can be a little bit of a longer conversation. I'm aiming to try and fix that in the new uh, episodes a little bit. Um, I don't want to, you know, reach for content, but I also don't want to cut off, you know, my guest if we're having an interesting conversation just naturally about something. So it'll be an interesting balancing act, and maybe those episodes will still end up being long. Who knows? Um, but I'm trying to be cognizant of that time. I when I first released that show, I was aiming for a bi-weekly schedule, and that's just not going to work out so it's going to be a kind of whenever i can post one i'll post one sort of a thing uh i'm thinking monthly but that's not something i want to commit to so uh with my with my job and my title and the responsibilities i have there there are uh things that could crop up at any moment so i don't want to commit to an ex exact schedule on that those shows just yet but action comics weekly is coming back after being gone since 2016 so Welcome back, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome back, man. You're coming. You're coming with me. So, uh, That's right. Guess, we're back. <laughs> I guess uh, we'll talk to you later, guys. Oh Good shit, night, everybody. I know. I was gonna roll with you. You you were you were you were cutting us off there, but I was gonna uh, roll with you. It's been a long day. I, I just I just with all the Zoom calls and meetings and conferences and shit I've been doing to it at work, it's like all right, conversation over. Bye. Hang up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> back to, back to you. Effers. <laughs> like, if right, people want so, to reach out to us, how can they get a hold of us? Back to you. Um, lanterncast.com is the website. Lanterncast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Hashtag geocast. That's the way to track us down there. Uh, Apple. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you listen to us, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, 708-LANTERN, 708-LANTERN, and once again, 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.